Did you watch Sunday Night Football last night, Bobby? I uh, I did. I did watch a little bit of Sunday Night Football. So you saw Russell Wilson stole my bit, right? Say more. Well, you know, before every podcast that we record, I spend about an hour before just going through the whole podcast by myself, talking to ghosts, talking to imaginary Bobby, running through the whole thing. So let it be known, Russell Wilson, I know you're out there listening. You stole my bit. But you know what? (laughs) If you continue to listen to Chatter Up, I will allow you to do that. And there's no way you're going to want to miss this week's episode of Chatter Up. We will talk all the big NFL storylines coming out of week six. We'll get into the MLB playoffs, the division series, the championship series, little NBA talk. And finally, we have the return of the Quizmaster in his usual forum as the Quizmaster with myself competing against Bobby. Jared, it is going to be great. I can't wait to take back the trivia crown that is rightfully mine. It's going to be great. And ladies and gentlemen, please... Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to this. Hit us up on Instagram or on Twitter at chatter underscore up and send us or send us an email at chatteruppodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. The rating, the reviewing, and the subscribing is integral to our success and to having more quality chatter up as it keeps coming at you every week. We'll always be there. Jared, consistency is key, my friend. Are you ready to do this? I am consistently ready, and this week is no different. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Then let's do this, and let's chatter up. Jared, we missed a week two weeks ago. I felt bad about it, but I'm still just, like, equally as excited as I was last week. I feel like I'm, like, returning back to full-time this week, right? Like, I I missed half of it last week. I'm back this week. Your parental leave is over. Your chatter up parental leave is done. We paid you for your time off, and now you're back. You got to work if you want to make money now. Is I assume the check is still in the mail because I haven't yet received it. I feel like that's that, that's that true. Still in the mail. Yeah, you know, maybe I have the wrong address or something. Right, right, right. It's probably it's probably very uncomfortable. Whatever, we'll get to it. But we have so much to get to here, Jared. We missed a ton as per usual in the last week, all around the sports world. Let's get it going, man. Talk to me. It's fall, Bobby. It's officially fall. It's cold outside. So we can go in a number of different directions. But let's start with the sport you most associate with cold weather, the National Football League, the gridiron. Bobby, last week I asked you and you asked me to rank the contenders in the AFC where we saw it. And I don't think either of us mentioned the now five and one Baltimore Ravens coming off of now a super convincing win over the Chargers yesterday at home, 34 to six. So we both obviously overlooked them last week. I'm going to give you a chance now to rejigger your rankings. Where do you have the Ravens with the knowledge that you now have in your list of contenders? I don't know how you don't have them at least tied for first. It's it's just it's just hard to say because you know their their record before the Charger game was 4 and 1, which is great, but their play indicated like a few lucky bounces here and there. Yeah. Or if they had gone the other way, easily could have been three and two, two and three, dare I say one and four. And then they played the Chargers. Justin Herbert was coming out of perhaps the best game he's played ever as yep. a quarterback against Cleveland. And he got in there and he and the entire team, him and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler got shut down and that defense got showed up. And on the opposite of that, the Ravens looked amazing. Lamar looks like MVP Lamar again. 
And so I will say that it's, it's, it's hard for me to rank like who's ahead of who here. I mean, Kansas city doesn't look good. Nope. Cleveland just got wrecked. The, the Chargers were up there. They lost clearly handedly. The Ravens have to be top three, but I would say tied for first. Yeah, I think I would go number two. I don't have issue with you saying they're the, you know, the same level as the Bills. I can accept that. I think I would just put them slightly below the Bills. But yeah, the last two weeks, I think if you're a Ravens fan, are super encouraging for two reasons. I mean, look, yesterday, obviously, you beat a team that, like Bobby just said, is coming off of a huge win, a team that's been playing really well, a quarterback that is the talk of the league, and you absolutely destroyed them, not even competitive. But I think almost more insightful for me is the game last week the monday night game against the colts because the one thing you know in the you know the year plus that we've been doing this podcast whenever we talk about the ravens lamar jackson we're like lamar is obviously really really good one of the best quarterbacks in the league but the big question is always if the ravens get behind by multiple scores can he bring them back because it's like do you trust him can he make the throws necessary when you have to score quickly to to come back and up until this year we had always been like I don't really trust him to do that as good as he is. And last Monday night, you saw that. I mean, they were down, I think it was like 25 to nine at some point in the second half, something like that, 24 to nine, I don't know, whatever it was, multiple scores. And he, with ease, moved the ball up and down the field, running, passing. He's turned Marquise Brown into a, a legitimate star. Mark Andrews nearly ate your heart out last week. And they and way they too it. close they came, uh, granted like I, I understand the Colts are not that good but nonetheless like to come back from multiple scores down he finally showed us that he is capable of doing that so until further notice I think you have to have him ahead of everyone but maybe the Bills yeah I just it's it's crazy how much we overvalued and overestimated the impact of losing three running backs losing yeah. Marlon Humphreys Sammy Watkins we also underestimated how good Hollywood Brown would be. I understand yeah. you might not believe in him, but like the team looks incredible and, and hats off to them. I'm not a fan of the Ravens franchise in terms of like, you know, Washington, Baltimore, but like well-run organization and just, and they're, they're really strong, but also in that division, speaking of surprises, Jared, the Bengals, I mean, Joe Burrow coming off an ACL, you got Pittsburgh who went 11 and five last year. And you have Cleveland, who also is a favorite in the AFC, or at least was before this past week. I think we all had Cincinnati dead last or at least third. And right now they're four and two and are playing pretty good football. Jamar Chase is looking like a runaway for offensive rookie of the year. How legitimate are the four and two Bengals? I think they're very legitimate. I think they're, I mean, you mentioned it. They have so much talent on offense. Joe Burrow is the real deal. You've got Jamar Chase. You've got Joe Mixon. You've got T. Higgins, who, by the way, hasn't even been playing that great. You've got Tyler Boyd. You have, like, all these weapons on offense. The defense is definitely questionable. So how legit are they? Do I think they have a chance to compete with, like, the top echelon of the AFC, the teams that we were just talking about, you know, the Bills, the Ravens. I still include the Chiefs there, even though they've looked terrible. No, they're not. They're not there yet. But if I mean, just looking at it right now, the the AFC standing. So seven teams are going to make the playoffs. The AFC East. I'm going to say only the Bills are going to make it. The AFC South. I'm going to say only. Let's say Tennessee wins that division, and there's not another wild card from there. So then you're talking about five teams. The West is obviously like a dogfight. You've got the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. They're all at least 500. 
And then in the yeah, it's tough. I mean, but I, I so I think I think they're definitely better than the Steelers. The question is, are they better than the Browns? Probably not. But I think they definitely can be a playoff team, and you know maybe make some noise, maybe win a, win a playoff game. Are you higher or lower on the Bengals than I am? I think I'm lower. I think because I'm I'm just like in my mind, I am not yet convinced that they're like. I, I see them as like the very last team in the tier two AFC teams. Does that make sense? The offense is 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 great. I, I don't deny that. But are they better than the Bills? Are they better than the Chargers? Are they better even than like the Raiders? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not I'm not convinced. I need to see more out of them. The Cardinals last year are a great example of a team that was what yep. five and two and then miss the playoffs so let's see them do this let's see what it looks like by week 10 you know are they going to be seven and three i I don't know but i'm impressed so far a lot to be determined still the Bengals are ascending bobby the broncos and the panthers on the other hand are descending both of those teams started out three and oh they've now lost three straight to fall to three and three so which of those teams bobby are you more confident in to right the ship the broncos or the panthers it's a great question. Are we including injuries in this or are we assuming everyone's healthy? Yeah, whole thing. Every, I mean, you can consider whatever you want. Everything considered, I think the Broncos have a better chance to right the ship. Jerry Judy on his way back, I think. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater is okay. I think the defense is legit. I think the Panthers have a lot to be concerned about with McCaffrey. You know, this is starting to turn into like a Saquon situation a little bit. It's, it's, it's different, but it's, 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 it's too many injuries right now where people are like, okay, can this guy stay on the field? And then you got Sam Darnold at quarterback who isn't rushing for two touchdowns every game yep. and is coming back down to earth. DJ Moore's great. The defense is pretty good, but like, I'm not totally convinced that Carolina will finish even at or above 500. I think the Broncos could totally win 10 games, even nine games, go nine and eight, 10 and seven. I think they have a better chance than the Panthers do to, to at least, if we're talking about like playoffs, right? Like sneak into the playoffs there. I disagree with you, actually. I think it's the Panthers for a couple of reasons. I mean, it's obviously very contingent on McCaffrey. So they just put him on IR, which sucks because originally he got hurt and you thought like maybe this is going to be a long-term injury. Then they were like, no, we're not even putting him on IR. It's only going to be a couple of weeks, which was like awesome. Sounded like he might play last week. Then it sounded again like he might play this past week. None of that happens because they put him on IR and now he's out for minimum three games. But with McCaffrey, this was a like, I mean, this was a 3-0 team. Now, are, were they going to go 17-0 with McCaffrey? Like, obviously not. But there's definitely been, a, you've noticed, obviously, a drastic difference with and without Christian McCaffrey. For all of our talk of, oh, running backs don't really matter. You can just plug in anyone. It's clearly not the case with the Panthers. The Broncos, I mean, I don't know. I just, like, I'm not super high on Teddy Bridgewater. Not to say that and Sam Darnold is basically in the same class. I mean, neither of them are, you know, they're both first-round talents, although Darnold was picked a lot higher. But both haven't really accomplished that much. But. I don't know. I, I got to say yesterday's game with the Broncos really kind of like raised red flags with me. Cause it's like, you're playing at home against the Raiders who just had as tumultuous a week as any team has had in a long time with all the Gruden stuff, obviously coming in. Like, I mean, 
I, it was such a distraction, I'm sure, for the players. Like, I don't know how they were able to prepare for it. Then they have to go to Denver at altitude and play the Broncos. And it's like they absolutely destroyed them, ran them out of the building, was not even competitive. So I don't know. I'm probably reacting too strongly off of just one game. And the Raiders are a good team. It's not like they're, you know, this 0-6 team that came in and destroyed the Broncos. But I don't know. I just felt like that's a spot where you're looking at the Raiders and you're like, we have to take advantage of this. We have a home game against a team in turmoil right now. And they did the exact opposite of that. The only thing I'll add to this is tell that to Buffalo who lost at home to Pittsburgh in True. week one. True. So like it happens not to say that it's not significant, but it happens. Now we go from a team who we're not sure what they're going to get to a team that you and I significantly undervalued. Apparently Jared, the NFC least formally now known as the NFC East is being destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys. They are five and one. They are very good. Won a thriller against new England the other day and now sit right below the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC. And as you know, I, I would argue have just as good as chance as anybody at the moment of making the super bowl. Do you disagree that they are super bowl contenders? I agree with you. I think they are. I mean, I, I, you're, I dispute your characterization that we overlooked them. I we said grossly overlooked okay. them. I said you were so down on them. I was like, Bobby, their offense with Dak Prescott was amazing last year. And you're like, well, their defense sucked. And I was like, it did suck. But their offense is so good that if their defense is just like, okay, they can be really good. And guess what happened? Their defense is like, okay, it's pretty good. <laughs> Trayvon Diggs all of a sudden is like the best corner to ever intercepts like three balls yeah. a game. It's yeah. insanity. So, I mean, is that going to continue? Is he going to have a pick every single game? No. But – Dak is healthy. Dak's playing pretty, and he's honestly, he's not even playing that great. He's playing pretty well. Zeke and Tony Pollard are a very potent backfield mix. Obviously, they have a ton of talent at receiver. And that's, by the way, without Michael Gallup, who's been out since week one. So, I'm not going to say they're a favorite, that they should upset, you know, they're better than Tampa Bay or the Rams. But I certainly, I think six games into the season, I don't see how you can't say they're at least threatening to those teams and that they're legitimately in the conversation to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they have to a hundred percent have to be. And also if you look at the remaining schedule they have left, it's pretty light. You know, they have a road game in Kansas city mm -hmm. and they have a home game against the Raiders outside of that. Here's who they got. They got Minnesota on the road, Denver at home, Atlanta at home, the Saints on the road, Washington, Giants, Washington. They finish with Arizona, right, which is That's a tough one. one, and then Philly. So really, to me, they could only lose, like, maybe three or four of those games. And then they finish, what, 12-5, and 13-4? and four? Like, this is I, – I guess, I guess I'm speaking for myself here. I grossly underrated them. I am shocked at how well their defense is playing. You're right, Trayvon Diggs is – a video game right now it's not sustainable for him to keep doing this but they are playing really freaking well and very impressive over the first six weeks the nfl season is well underway bobby but the baseball season ended this week for a number of teams or last week probably more accurately in the american league division series we had the rays eliminated by the red sox and the white sox eliminated by the astros in the national league we had the brewers eliminated by the braves and the Giants controversially eliminated by the Dodgers. Bobby, which of those four teams exit surprised you the most? 
I think it has to be Tampa Bay. I think I'm surprised at their loss. I'm most disappointed by San Francisco, just how undervalued they were. And then to win so many games, win a division against arguably the best team still in baseball, right? The Dodgers, and then lose a heartbreaker in game five. Forget the strike three call and then the swing and check swing, whatever. Like they lost the series. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has been the best team in the AL East all year and arguably the best team in the American league all year. And they played a wild card Boston Red Sox who don't get me wrong are not a bad team. They're a very good team. They won 90 plus games, but the money was on Tampa Bay as it has been all year. And they got rocked. You know, they took game one and it seemed like they were taking it lightly with a little bit of popcorn eating. And then Boston was like, uh, uh-uh. and then rattled off three in a row. And I, it's, that's, that's tough. That's a, that, I, I was, I was very sad and surprised to see them lose that way. Yeah, I mean, I'll go in a different direction. In in the National League, I got to say it's Milwaukee. I mean, they should have beaten Atlanta. They're a better team than the Braves. And we talked over much of the season of Milwaukee in a short series is so tough to beat because it's like you got Woodruff and Corbin Burns pitching at least three of the five games. And it's like, okay, if you just get like a decent starting pitching performance from somebody else, you've got a really good chance to win that series. Don't even take it to game five, not like a particularly competitive series. And then... I say the same thing for the White Sox. It's not that the Astros are not a good team because they are a good team. This is their fifth straight year in the ALCS, which is, you know, pretty incredible in this day and age. But same idea. Like we talked a lot about the White Sox during the season. They're this young up and coming team. They're exciting. Last year, they finally made the playoffs. It was like their get their feet wet season. Now, like they've played in big games. We expect like big things out of them. And I mean, again, similar to the Brewers, like they don't even take it to game five. They go down 2 nothing right away. Great, they win game three, and then they get destroyed in game four. I still like this team moving forward. I think you have to because of all they, they have so much young talent on that team. But to say that I wasn't disappointed would be a lie. I agree with both of those, specifically highlighting Milwaukee. Everything you said plus Atlanta is minus Ronald Acuna. They're yes. minus Marcelo Zuna. They're minus Mike Soroka. They shouldn't have won, and and Milwaukee should have had a much bigger competition. But I, crazy, crazy division series. But the championship series is here, Jared. You're right. Houston is back to back to back to back to back appearances in the American League Championship Series, playing Boston. That's tied up one to one. The Atlanta Braves are up two zero on the Dodgers. Jared, let's start with the NLCS. Braves are up two zero again. And last year they were up 3-1 and then lost it. What percentage chance do you give the Dodgers of coming back and winning four out of the next five games? I go 25%. I don't feel that great about it, honestly, for like a number of reasons. First of all, I think the Braves, yes, you're, you're, I mean, you just mentioned they lost Soroka. I'm talking specifically about their pitching, but their pitching just feels a lot more legitimate than it did last year. And I know like Ian Anderson had just come up last year. He was pitching well, but now he's like bona fide, like a really good pitcher and Charlie Morton. They didn't have Charlie Morton last year. They've got him pitching game three. And then probably I'm assuming if it gets that far game seven, he's a guy that has pitched a million big games. You don't have to worry about the moment being too big for Charlie Morton. So, you know, you give the Braves a 2-0 lead. And by the way, that's without Freddie Freeman having done anything. Like he's been a total zero during this, first two games and Atlanta has still somehow managed to pull both of them out in, in walk-off fashion. 
you know, is Austin Riley going to continue to be like Babe Ruth in the plate? Probably not. <laughs> but I also don't think Freddie Freeman is going to continue to strike out every time he comes up to the plate. So, I mean, if it, if it was anybody other than the Dodgers, I'd probably be like significantly less than 25% even. The Dodgers are just so loaded everywhere, all around the roster, except for maybe the manager, honestly. But I don't know. I just – they did it last year. With how it started out the first two games, I don't feel particularly good about them running all four out of five. I'm going to say the odds are 40%. Oh, I okay. Look, they're loaded. They just are. I mean, you look offensively up and down that lineup. Everyone can hit, you know, just every single person. And when a guy like Chris Taylor is raking the way that he's raking, what do you do? You know, how do, how do you pitch to this? And then, you know, in the rotation, any rotation with Max Scherzer, I, I think it's almost a coin flip. They're too good. They got three games coming up in L.A., which they could easily sweep. Yep. 40% that they, that they bring it out. Let's switch to the ALCS, Bobby. We've mentioned it a couple of times now. The Astros in their fifth straight league championship series, as we record right now, it's tied 1-1. By the time you listen to this, you'll already know what happened in game three, probably game four. Bobby, is it finally time for us? I feel like this is like something nobody really wants to do, but do we have to just give credit to the Astros for making it again to the ALCS? Jared, sports are supposed to be like stories, you know, and like, the bad guys reign and the villains reign and then like they get their comeuppance and then everybody's happy. But for some reason that doesn't happen anymore. You know, Tom yeah. Brady is a great example. Tom Brady, <laughs> Tom Brady doesn't get his comeuppance. Tom Brady gives everyone else their comeuppance. Yep. And the same thing with Houston. They're the villains. They're still the villains and they will be the villains for a while. And yet somehow they're good. <laughs> Just, I don't know, man. I guess, I guess you give the devil their due. Like they're playing really well. Carlos Correa is playing like a guy who's searching for a very large contract. They're sans George Springer and yep. arguably better. I am shocked and also saddened, but yeah, they're really freaking good. And I'm taking Houston to, to go to the world series again. Yeah. I mean, look, like I said, nobody wants to do this because they are the villains. They cheated. There's no ifs, ands, but, or buts about it. You know, after the, the whole cheating scandal, we would have been like, oh, well, they were cheating. So obviously, like, they were playing better than they actually were because they knew what pitches were coming. Nope, they went back to the ALCS. Then it was like, well, they lost Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. So, like, they're obviously not going to be as good as they were. Nope, still as good. Then, like you just mentioned, they lost George Springer, who's, you know, honestly, to this point, one of the best playoff performers we've seen in a long time and not to mention obviously a very good regular season player as well and doesn't matter they they still just keep on chugging along with you know pretty much the same core of Correa and Bregman and Altuve and you know the the component pieces around it of Gurriel and Michael Brantley but Jordan Alvarez new manager new general manager doesn't matter every single year they're back in the LCS it's wild unbelievable absolutely crazy I, I guess I guess a tip of the hat to them Jared, let's finish up quickly on the hardwood. There have been some wild stories over the offseason. Ben Simmons not showing up. Is he going to get traded? Is he not? Now he shows up. Now he's practicing. And Kyrie, who is anti-vax. There's, there's just no other way to put it. Well, let's say he's anti-COVID-vax. So 
what happens now, Jared? Do they both get traded? Does one of them get traded? Do they both stay where they are? I, I guess I'll just pose it as like, who is more likely to get traded? Kyrie Irving from Brooklyn or Ben Simmons from Philly? Okay, I'll say it this way. I think Ben Simmons is more likely to be playing for a different team by the end of the season than Kyrie Irving is. And I know like Ben Simmons has a lot of baggage to him, you know, and we don't need to go through it all. He doesn't shoot all, all the stuff. This, this holdout has been a, an absolute disaster for him, but I think he's one of those guys that he probably just needs like a, a change of scenery. Not that he's going to become like, you know, one of the five best players of the game, but it's just soured in Philadelphia. You know, he had all these expectations of coming in as a number one pick and we've argued on here, whether you think the process worked or not, regardless, he is along with Joel Embiid, one of the foundational pieces that represents that process. And I I think, you know, Sixers fans have to have that in mind when looking at Ben Simmons in a way that another team's fan base might not. And there's still a lot of things that he does well on the court. Obviously he's a great passer. He's a great defender. He can do all these different things. If you're relying on him to be the best player on your team, you're in trouble, but that's not to say that he can't help a team with Kyrie. A lot of the same things apply. Obviously, he's a great player when he's on the floor and, you know, is, is probably, be- I mean, not probably, he is better than Ben Simmons when they're playing. But his baggage is just different. And it's like, I don't know how you could trade for him right now. Because, like, you just don't know if he's going to play or not. Even if he gets traded somewhere where there is no vaccine mandate, in theory, he, like, he could just play, you still don't know what he's going to do. Because we saw it last year. It was like, you know, at points during the season he just didn't play games and the nets were like seemingly fine with it and you could say like i get it it's fine like he was you know there was a lot of uh, social issues that he wanted to take head on and and wanted to spend his time on like that's great i we have no issue with that that's absolutely fine if you want to do that but if you're an nba team and your number one priority is winning basketball games i don't know how you could trade anything of value right now for Kyrie Irving. And if you're the Nets and you can't get anything of real value back for him, it's probably not really worth trading him. I agree pretty much completely. The, the only thing I'll say is I, I think you're undervaluing Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is probably at the very top of the list of tier two players. So if you take out the Giannis's, you take out, you know, the LeBrons and the Kawhis and, and the Steps. He's right there. He's a walking triple-double with elite defensive skills. I mean, how many of those guys are there? Like, it's, it's a very limited bunch. So, in terms of relying on him to be the best player on the court, he will be the best player on the court a fair amount of games. And it is, it, I, I think he's, he's very underrated in that regard. In terms of who's going to get traded more likely, yeah, no. No one wants to take on the Kyrie baggage. It's, if you're a general manager, you're going to take that shot. There's, there's no way. There's no way. There's just so much there of like, it's not even just this. There's so many other things that you just have no idea. Of. Like, oh, is this going to be another thing? Like Ben Simmons, just get him to a new place. He'll play. He just, he doesn't want to be there. They don't want him there. Okay, so switch. Fine. Not a big deal. You showed up. That's what you should do. You should show up to practice and then you get traded. Fine. Kyrie, mm-mm, mm-mm. you don't touch that one with the 1,000 foot pole. Ben Simmons will be traded before the season starts. Jared, it's it's been a little while, am I right? I mean, it's it's been some time since you and I have competed. Yeah, it feels like it's it's been a very long time. I mean, it was me and the Quizmaster on our own last week. No Bobby. Now we're all back together. It's like everything's getting back to normal. 
The last time that we had a quiz, I was childless. You were the champion. Now I, I have a child. And just like that changed, so too will my winning ways. As we bring in the quiz master to retake his spot as being the quiz master. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Feels kind of normal now that in coming back, I have a quiz for you. Bobby, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. This quiz is made with you in mind. It is a family riddle quiz. Ooh. Oh, boy. I have 20, 20 uh, questions lined up here. Five families from each of the four leagues. So I have 20 questions. I will give you kind of a, a hint to what family I'm referring to. At least two generations have played in the major league of that sport. You just have to tell me which family it is. So for instance, if I ask the question of these two guys played in the outfield together, what family mm-hmm. would that be? Mm-hmm. And Brian DeGriffies, the first, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the first, first one to ring in gets the point, and we'll keep going until somebody clinches the win. Okay. I'm nervous about this one. I don't know, don't I don't know what I'm going to do. disappoint your new child, Bobby. Do not <laughs> start off on a losing streak. Bobby, you can pick first. Give me a number between 1 and 20. Number eight. Number eight. All right. So for the first time ever, a son played for his father in an NBA game. Is it the Rivers? Doc and Austin Rivers. Nice. Very there we nice. go. I was thinking there of the McDermott's go. at Creighton, but that's that's one one level behind. All right. So it's one nothing. See, simple quiz. All right, Jared. Let's go with number one. Number one. One son was a manager in 2021, and the other son appeared in a home run derby. The Boons. Yep. Mm. Mm. The Boonies. What are you changing okay. diapers over there, Bobby? That you don't have time to answer these questions. <laughs> you got to be quick. Got to be quick. Got to be quick. Okay. All right. Over two. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. All right. Give me a number. How about number twenty. Number twenty. All right. Dad came out of retirement to play with his two boys, resulting in him playing pro hockey in five different decades. The house. Yeah. This is just brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Mark and Mor- Marty oh, played for the Houston Arrows, and Gordy came out of retirement to play with them. I need like, an Gordy. extra like five seconds, so quick. We'll just, okay. we'll just okay. say that your we'll just say that your audio is delayed or something. It's a delayed audio for sure. That's what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> All right, Jared, it's your turn. Okay, number eighteen. Number eighteen. All right, it's another hockey one. The only combo to each win MVP in the NHL, and they're both known by the nickname of Golden. Golden. I'm just gonna take a stab here, because yep. I can't think of a, a better one, but the nickname thing throws me off. I'm gonna say the Hulls. You're correct. Dear Lord, there my God. Is. Somebody stop the bleeding. The Golden Jet and the Golden Red. All right. How about number four? Number four, Bobby Orr. One is known for grand slams, and the other kind of is too. Who are the Tatises? There you go. 
Nice. Nice. He's on Fernando the board. Fernando Tatis with two Grand Slams in one inning, and mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr., who plays for Slam Diego. Got one. I like Not that. I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> there we go. Bob's on the board. All right. I'm going to go with number 10. Number 10. Both played for the Bucks, and the son played against his dad, who was coaching. think this is right but i'm just gonna guess it anyway is it george carl and his son nope damn bobby have a free guess they both played on the bucks and then he played against his father who was coaching it's not Giannis, bobby yeah yeah even though he has two brothers yeah um (laughs) does his father play ball (laughs) we don't it's 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 up in the air i don't know uh you don't know uh, i i will i mean i'll I'll, i have no idea if this is right but how about gary payton nope the answer is mike and mike jr dunleavy okay yeah that's a good one forgot about that all right who's next Number three. Number three. All right, baseball. This family includes a nickname that's a DC comic and a hyphenated name, including a Marvel comic. <laughs> Good Lord. A DC comic and a Marvel comic. Wait, you said these, these are nicknames? One nickname that includes a... D- the Ripkins. One nick- no. No, I think, I think I got it. I think I got it. All it's right. the Gordons. Yep, Flash Gordon and D Strange Gordon. Oh, nice. nice, nice. That's a nice. tough one. I was thinking like Iron Man. I was thinking there was yeah, a, yeah, something yeah. to be in there. Yeah. Well, Iron Man's not DC. It's Marvel. Wah, wah. Number right. seven. Uh, number seven, Jared. Both played for the Mavericks and were teammates with Dirk Nowitzki at some point. Wow, that's cool. Both played for the Mavs. Yeah, family dinner, and they can both say, "Hey, I played with Dirk Nowitzki." That's pretty wild. I feel like that should, I should know that pretty quickly because that's a cool stat or a cool factoid. Mm-hmm. Played for the Mavs. I don't know. I got nothing. Nope, not there. Who are Tim and Tim Jr. Hardaway? Oh, wow, that, that wow. was gettable. Okay, up next is Bobby, I think. Five? They combined to play for every Canadian MLB franchise that ever existed. Who are the Guerreros? Correct. Bang! Vlad and Vladito. I don't know why I need to say who are. Like, this isn't Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> just feels right. I don't know right, why. Right, right, right. Because I, th- I guess these are... These are Jeopardy style questions I'm giving you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I didn't realize that at the time, but Jared, you're next. Number 16. Number 16 is a hockey question. It's actually probably the toughest one on the board. One's known for punching faces, and the other played for his dad's arch rival. Is it the Domies? It actually is the Domies. Are you kidding? Get I don't. What? Ryan Max. I just saw that he got hurt today, so his name was on my mind. Oh, God. That's true. <laughs> That's true. He's out for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ty punched faces for the Leafs, and Max played for the Canadians. 
Why do I even bother? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Okay. Uh, all right, Bobby. Oh, God. 19? 19. Another hockey one. The two sons both play in Canada, both wear A's, and they're both hard-nosed scores, just like their dad. Not a ton of information. They both play... A lot of Canadian teams out there. How many are there? It's Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Six. We just got Ottawa. Uh-huh. Ottawa seven. That's it. Until the Nords come back. I got nothing on this one. Uh huh. Who are Keith, Matt, and Brady Kachuk? Hmm. Mm. Huh. Okay. Okay. All right. Next one up. Let's go with number 11. 11, our first football question. He's an all-pro lineman, and you just changed one letter in his name to get his dad's name. Hmm. Oh, man, an all-pro lineman? Mm-hmm. Defensive lineman. I'll, I'll throw that in there. I don't have it, Bobby. In all, like we should we myself. should be able to get yeah. this. An all-pro defensive lineman. Wow, I got I nothing. Don't know. Yeah. Who are Gene and Gino Atkins? Oh wow! I didn't realize. Oh. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know that his dad played. So. Oh, okay. Well, his dad played. Who's next? Have we done thirteen? We've not done 13. Father and son quarterbacks, and one is on Monday Night Football. Is it the Mannings? Nope. Damn, because then both would be adding the Manning cast. One is on Monday Night Football. Who are the Greasies? Bobby's correct. Oh, great Bob and Brian Greasy. Damn, I should have got that. God damn it. And it is six to three, by the way. Okay. Okay. All right. Next up. We have, I think, seven questions remaining. Okay. Have we done number 15? Uh, we've not. The two quarterback sons did what their quarterback father could not, and that's win the Super Bowl. Manning's. Manning's. Bobby got it first. Oh, come on. He, he did. It's that audio delay. Love it. All right. He's coming back. It's six to four. 17? 17. This dad has his number retired by the Avalanche, and his two sons were both first-round picks by the Lightning. Hmm. I mean, I feel good that Bobby's not going to get this one. No, it ain't happening. I have no clue. I'm just going to guess the suitors. You're thinking of the Sutters. There's like six of those. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a decent guess. Uh, the correct answer is, Bobby, do you have one? Zero. Adam Nolan and Cal Foote. Oh, interesting. Adam has his number retired by the Avalanche. Cal plays for the Lightning and Nolan for the Devils. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Five left. It's a two-point game. We're, we're close. How about number nine? Number nine. Both are NBA champions. One's a coach, and the other's on TV. 
This is bad. I feel like we're missing some gettable ones. Things like on TV could be could be in several different capacities. He's an analyst. He's an analyst? Okay. Yeah. That helps. I don't know. I'm gonna take a guess, I have no idea. Jackson's? Nope, it is Bill and Luke Walton. Mm, oh, man. That was, mm, damn, that should have definitely one. gotten that, yeah. All right, four questions left. It is six to four, Jared. Bobby, you gotta get a couple of these. Let's go two. All right, one son is named after his father and the other is a Hall of Fame second baseman. You had me before you said second base. <laughs> Who were the Biggios? Nope. Ooh, that's a good what? one. What? Okay, say, say it one more time. Say it to myself now. One son is named after his father. The other is a Hall of Fame second baseman. So the other son is a Hall of Fame second baseman? Yes. Oh, got it. Bobby Almar. Yeah. It's Sandy, wait, Sandy wait. Jr. and Roberto Alomar. Oh, my God. I yeah, was thinking yeah. the Alomars, and I was like, he's not named. Oh, man. <laughs> All, right. All right. So he's got to okay. clear the board now, right? Yep. Bobby no, has yeah. to clear the board. Oh, I thought I had him with the Vigios. All right. Yeah, that was a good one. Jared needs one for the clinch. Let's go with number 12. Number 12. They're all punters. <laughs> is it the Colquitts? Yes, it is. Oh yes. my lord! I didn't know the father was a punter. I know the two brothers. I didn't know either, but he was a punter. Wow. Let's keep going through it. He clinches. Right. Let's keep, let's finish it up. All right. There's two more. This Hall of Fame dad had three sons in the NBA. One of them was a champion, also. Who are the Antetokounmpo's? <laughs> three That's nice. sons in the NBA. This Hall good. of Fame three, dad. Right. Three kids in the league. Wow. Was uh was LeVar Ball in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Who is it? It is Rick, John, Brent, and Drew oh, Barry. Yeah, the Barrys. Yeah, the Barrys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the what's the last one? one? A lineman and TV star, the father of two other linemen. The Longs. Yeah. Very nice. All right. And the one of us who isn't a parent has mastered family riddle jeopardy. <laughs> What's a uh, final tally? Eight to four. Love oh it. My Love God. it. Jared, way to go, man. Yeah, you guys are working on changing diapers, preparing meals, whatever it is that parents do. And I'm just sitting here just in the zone, just knowing family sports stuff. Or reading <laughs> Wikipedia, one of the two. Exactly. <laughs> Quizmaster, it's it's great to be back, to be back in trivia, to be doing this again. We we appreciate your time, man. As always, it's my pleasure. So how does this work? I get the baby now? Jared, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I am a father and also a trivia loser. But that is okay. I am still going to come back next week. It's a tough look for you, Bobby. I mean, like, <laughs> you're probably like, hey, I keep losing. You know what I'll do? I'll go out and I'll have a kid. And then 
I'll finally start <laughs> winning some trivia matchups. Turns out that's not the case, and you still have a kid. But that's great, right? That, it's great. I love it. And, and you know what? Listen, next week's a new week. You guys are going to want to come back. It's going to be great. Don't miss it. Maybe you just need to do some visualizing of the trivia championship, the trivia competition <laughs> before you do it, like Russell Wilson. Want to thank the quiz master for putting together that super fun quiz this week. Want to thank all of you. If you've already rated, reviewed, and subscribed, if you haven't, what the hell are you waiting for beats me. But anyway, if you haven't, please go ahead and do it. And most importantly, please continue listening to Chatter Up and sending us your feedback. We love to hear it. We love to hear it. We hope you love to hear us. And we'll see you all next week with the next Chatter Up. <laughs>